What's up, horror fans? Anchor Pete here. Shit, I already fucked it up. I don't say Anchor Pete anymore. <laughs> Pete here from the Lasser Cast, and I'm with my co-host with the most, Dr. Zayas G.O.D., Danny Torquell. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to talk about Dutch horror. Yes, me too. And he, we are talking about the movie Moloch, which just came out on Shudder. It is a foreign film, just like Danny said, and uh, it's creepy as hell. We have two very special guests tonight to talk about that. Um, one of the things I might have talked about before on this channel is that I have a writer's group, and I'm really, really fortunate because I have some super talented uh, published authors in my group. And one of them is down there, Brady Bunch style, Mr. Joshua McMillan. How you doing, Josh? Good. How are you? Um, it's good to see you in this context, man. I am dying to interview you for this channel, too, after we talk about this video tonight. Oh, yeah. Whenever you want. <laughs> and then, last but not least, we have Derek Stockton. Derek is the husband of Megan Stockton, who is in our writers group. And she's an awesome writer. And Derek is a filmmaker. So this will be awesome to have a filmmaker's perspective on this movie. And I'm very curious as to what you guys all thought of it. So, Derek, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. Yeah, awesome, man. Welcome. We're real happy to have you guys. And let's just jump into this shit right now. So, first off, this movie was directed by Nico Van Der Brink. Have any of you guys ever seen a movie by him before? I have not. Never. But okay. I, did, okay. I did research a little bit, and I watched some of his short films. So, he's, uh, he's, he's legit. He's, I yeah. like it. Stuff, so. Was his other stuff really atmospheric? Yeah, yeah. I think even his this is I think this is his first feature. So he did a lot of short films, which uh, I feel like all had a really good aesthetic to it. So I think that uh, you know he did really good with this film. So, yeah. Yeah, his other movies. Uh, he's got The Burden, which came out in 2019, and mm -hmm. Sweet Tooth, which came Sweet out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I'm kind of curious about checking those out. I was going to say to Josh. Don't you feel like this movie was written by Jay Mazur? Yes. That was, <laughs> as soon as I finished watching it last night, I sent a message to the group chat saying, you know, basically telling her she needed to watch it if she hadn't seen it already. Because it's, it's right up her alley. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie um, obviously goes into, you know, witchcraft and, and like, you know, spirits. And it's just got this atmospheric, folk horror vibe to it and if you guys have not uh seen this movie if you guys watching this at home have not seen this movie then i recommend you turn this off and come check us out after you've watched it on shutter but right off the bat i just kind of wanted to go round robin style and just get a you know idea from each of you did you guys like this movie just with, without spoilers so danny what did you think man yeah i really liked it i um the atmospheric is a good word that was already thrown out there. Uh, I think that the director has a really good sense of just building tension, uh, like through, you know, it, there's a movie that has things like curses and witches and, uh, you know, stories of witches and uh, ghosts and all sorts of weird stuff. And then, and, and with all that, there's just some really creepy tense moments that, come out of nowhere uh that don't really have much to do with the the plot necessarily and I, I think that he does a good job with that stuff uh i i think it's yeah i, I really enjoyed it uh i was just re-watching it 
just to get a better sense of like the the legend behind everything. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of folk horror, and I feel like this was I'm wearing my Wicker Man shirt because of that. I figured it was a good shirt for tonight. Uh, but also, like it, I feel like th- this is one of those movies where uh, I always come back to. I love foreign films. I love foreign horror films, especially because I feel like they're they're much more trusting of the audience than an American uh, big studio horror movie would be. And I feel like where there is some special effects in this movie, that would have been like an overwhelming thing. And if this was an American film and as a foreign film, it's much more focused on the characters, the plot, the story, and the effects are there, but they don't overwhelm everything else. And I, I, and and it trusts the audience a lot more. And I, I always love foreign films for that. So that was my long answer to say, yes, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) <laughs> nice man yeah josh is it your cup of tea man or what yes and no um okay i really i really like a good slow burn tension building film um this one was precisely that so yes um the only real negatives i had with the film would be some of the mythology was a little confusing, at mm-hmm. least for me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I had to rewind a couple of times to kind of get a handle on what was going on. But um, it, it was creepy. It was tense. It was uh, the sound design in the movie was amazing. I really mm-hmm. love the music, especially the, the opening of the film. There's like this thrumming just, just, I don't I don't know how to how else to describe it other than like a thrum that I fell in love with instantly. Um, yeah. yeah, the I I love the main character. The lead actress was really good. Um, yeah, she she was the best part of the movie for me, aside from the sound design. But it is it's 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 a creepy little feature that you know if you have Shutter you. You could watch a lot worse than that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and then uh, Derek, you know, you said you did a little bit of research. Is there anything that you found about the background of the movie, like the making of the movie? Because I couldn't find a lot. Well, yeah, it's the the folklore stuff. I didn't find a whole lot other than it's like Dutch, you know, Dutch folklore. But uh, the movie itself, I felt like it was like you guys said, it was real atmospheric. Uh, the, Production design was top notch. Performances top notch. Pretty much, you know, sound design was top notch. Uh, I like the. Uh, I think the character's name is Jones. I think uh, that I really like Jonas. Him. Yeah, Jonas. He reminded me of like uh, Liam Nielsen mixed with the the Sarsgaard. Yeah, I I I, wrote, so, I wrote him down on my paper as Dutch Tim Roth. Yeah, 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 yeah. That works. I, really, I like the performances. So yeah, it's I, I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, um, you guys mentioned the casting and yeah, you said like Liam Neeson kind of guy. I thought he was like super charismatic. And then like, I felt a lot for Beatrix, uh, uh, right? Beatrix. And just her family. Yeah. And just like the fact that their family seemed cursed. You know, I, I knew that something horrible was essentially going to happen to them. And I just, one thing I should kind of reveal to you guys is that like her daughter looks exactly like my six-year-old daughter. It like freaks me the fuck out. You know what I'm talking about, Danny? 
I watched you and Clem do the video this morning for, uh, I almost said the secret life of pets, super friends, pets, whatever. Yeah. And then I was just rewatching it. Um, it, because of what Josh said, the mythology is very confusing. I like literally had to draw a tree of like, okay, so Walter and Helen, and then there's a FICA and then one of them is pregnant. And I was like trying to like do like a tree just so that I didn't get the mythology wrong. But yeah. Uh, Hannah, I think the little girl's name in this movie is. Yes. Yeah. She does look a lot like Clem. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously we're talking about spoilers and stuff. The end of this fucking movie hit me like a gut punch. And, you know, we'll get to that eventually. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about the mythology itself. And, and you were saying it was confusing. I mean, Josh, you definitely said it was confusing. Um, did you guys take note of the school play that basically shows the mythology? Mm -hmm. I actually watched it with my mom, of all people, because she's watching my kid and she loves horror movies. And at one point I'm like, is that a fucking, is that an ovum? And is that like some black sperm just like spinning around in this school play? Yeah. Danny, you're wearing a Wicker Man shirt and it's like, that play just totally reminded me of the Wicker Man. Josh and uh, Derek, have you guys seen the original Wicker Man? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, but I've, I've um, seen it. And of course the, the remake. <laughs> I, we know like in 1991, that that's when that first incident happens for the, you know, uh, Beatrick and we see like you know the portraits of like three women in a line each and so it's like okay this has to do something with lineage so like you know Derek as a guy that makes movies yourself like when you're watching something like this are you kind of predicting how it's going to go too uh well story-wise sometimes but more I'm more like visual so like I kind of analyze how some of the shots were done how like the there was two jump scares in there um one of them was in the elevator and the other one was in the like the window with a mom but uh and i thought one of them was executed very well and the other one not so much but just overall i look for stuff like that as far as the story wise you know i kind of seen like I, I know that all the bodies were whenever they say that all of them had the slip ropes and stuff i kind of was predicting it a little bit but, but i thought it was pretty you know it's pretty you know i didn't see some of it coming and like whenever the like i don't know how are we supposed to give out spoilers right now or we yeah we can okay so yeah what you know it kind of got me pretty good there first of all the beginning of the movie really like well i told you pete that i went in completely blind i yeah. saw the poster on the shutter dashboard that was it and yeah. watched the movie so that opening really it grabs you by the balls and it starts to take you along this this journey you know but like i said earlier it is a little bit confusing there in the middle when you're trying to piece everything together but that ending especially and derek you had asked about spoilers um i don't know how in depth you're okay with going but yeah book, spoil me you don't go to okay. town when when she's reading the book with the little girl on the couch at the end and the mother comes up to the uh, window uh, that was yes <laughs> i was satisfied yeah yeah man i i yeah, do so think that the effects on the on the ghostly effects were pretty good but the spirit with it that the girl was sitting with, I felt like, you know, that was a little, 
bit of a letdown. Um, it mm-hmm. almost reminded me of um, the Andy mm-hmm. Muschietti movie. Mama. Uh, Mama, thank you, yes. Um, totally. It, it reminded me of that, like, so much. But, um, and I wasn't a fan of Mama. So I didn't really care for for the effects. That was one of the things that I didn't like about that movie, was all the CGI. But, um, yeah, the, the ending was was powerful it was, it was impactful you know especially once you like i the movie made me think about it afterwards i was thinking about the movie for a good hour or so after after the credits were rolling and if a movie lingers that long you know there's something there for me so i was very satisfied with it yeah josh whatever happens to your computer I'm really glad that it did because now you're coming in clear and it's not freezing up anymore. So now I think it's better. my my headphones. For whatever yeah. reason, these headphones always yeah. seem to mess up, and I thought I had fixed the issue, but yeah. um, apparently I was wrong. So I just disconnected. <laughs> I'm just using the 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 desktop microphone. So that's why I asked if you could hear me all right because usually the stock microphones on these computers are trash so okay you're, no you're good man yeah so it sounds like just in general that from you guys everyone seems that they liked it on some level i think that maybe the, the main detractors you guys are saying are basically like the mythology is kind of confusing and um that the special effects for the actual spirit of fica uh were just kind of subpar right and um, Derek, did you by chance see the um, number for like the budget of this movie when you're doing your research? I, I didn't see any any budget numbers or anything like that. Uh, like I looked on IMDb, I don't think I've seen anything with it though. Yeah, um, Danny, you compared this to The Wicker Man, and then uh, Josh, you compared it to was it Mama or Mother? What was it called? Not oh, yeah, Mama. Mama, right? Mama. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else that you compare this to, Danny? Like any other kind of like foreign horror films? I mean, the only other scene that reminded me of anything was, I mean, there was a little bit of the It Follows vibe in the hospital with the little kid. Um, Just kind of that that scene. I feel like I had seen scenes like that in other movies where like a stranger turns around and then starts following. But. No, I, I had written down Mama because the, the spirit did remind me of that as well. Um, I I just want to, like, what both of them were saying, like, with the mythology, it was confusing. And so when I finished watching it the first time, I liked this movie. I didn't love it, but I did like it, and I appreciated it as creepy and a little scary here and there. But re-watching it over the last hour, like, and I just finished... Uh, the the school scene where they basically tell the myth, the the whole myth. I feel like it's a movie that actually will benefit from rewatching, because the more you understand the mythology of it, the better the ending actually does get. Uh, and I think that it's gonna, I think it's gonna have some staying power. Whereas it could just be a good fun one off slow burn folk horror movie, but the more you watch it, the more you pick up on like the, the, that whole legend that they're talking about with FICA and Helen and everything, then, then it really picks up 
uh, on second. Like it's it's a type of movie where like if you recommend it to a friend and then you end up watching it with that friend, you'll probably enjoy it more the second time. I feel. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because like none of you guys mentioned Hereditary, and I kind of got some Hereditary vibes too. Because at the very end, you have you know the woman that could potentially be like possessed or something laying on the bed, and and then she's looking up at her mom, and her mom slits her own throat, and that just reminded me of Tony Collette, you know decapitating herself essentially right garroting herself and um also just that idea of like the mother passing down something to the kid you know that's it just it gave me some hereditary vibes and like i, I kind of got that vibe right away like seeing those portraits i mentioned before on the wall you know and um i i don't know i i really dug it too i don't know if i mentioned this but um i i think that it, it is creepy throughout though like when we have the the bag man digging those holes in the beginning and you don't know what the fuck he's doing and then that guy radu you know starts digging like like derek did you think that sequence when like radu broke into their house and like tried to get the mom like did you think that, that was well done i definitely definitely do uh, i think that was very well done um uh, especially it got real tense at the end whenever he's pushing the knife in the mouth and then he gets knocked in the back of the head very well executed in my opinion um, yeah, yeah, that fucking knife in the mouth, man. That I was yeah, like, oh, that was, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then um, you know that end sequence because you guys mentioned the part in the elevator. That's kind of like the middle jump scare, just to get us make sure we're paying attention. Then you have that whole sequence at the end where that guy Jonas steps on the bear trap, and uh, you know the other guy from the site comes over and tries to attack them, and then the dad's having issues. The mom is like possessed. I thought that was pretty fucking chaotic and crazy too. Yeah. Um, did, Josh, did you kind of think that like that whole family was going to be screwed over basically by the end of the movie? I, you know, it's I I was trying to figure out what was going to happen. Um, mostly because they kept talking about this family curse, right? Yeah. Um, or be Beatrix, or you know, the lead actress. She kept talking about how with Jonas, how her, her family's cursed and how, um, you, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm referring to when they're, when they're walking after Jonas gets sick at the bar and they, there's that whole exposition dump there. Right. And, um, so I thought that maybe the town was going to try to come after them in a Lynch style for a while oh, okay. i thought that maybe they were going to try to do some some sort of burning of the house something something to that effect i like what happened i i i like what they did better than that um oh, yeah. if they had just tried to come with torches i felt like that probably would have been way too easy way too simple for what was already kind of like i said confusing mythology like it wouldn't fit like i don't I don't, I don't know. Um, I will say in that scene when everybody, when it's really starting to come down and the father is in the woods, he's strung up the bells and he's kind of walking yeah. around with the flashlight. Um, Derek, you might be able to speak to this more, but um, was the, was everything kind of getting washed out for you guys? Like I was having issues picking up details. Like clearly you could see silhouettes of people like 
emerging from the darkness and all of that and you're supposed to see them slowly start to emerge but it it just went kind of pixelated and all of that um i don't know if it was just on my end or if maybe you guys had the same issue or if it's a shutter thing um that was another like negative i would say on the film but i'm willing to bet the director you know didn't because i really love the cinematography of the film i love the look of it the the darkness of it the 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 tone of the movie was just so it it had it was it was dripping with tension the entire time so i'm fairly certain that the director wouldn't have just kind of let that go were you guys having issues with with seeing any anything in the darkness at all does that make sense what i'm saying yeah, of course yeah um when i was started watching it on shutter it, it was kind of like out of focus and i was like oh is there something wrong with my roku but oh. i think that's just like a, a shutter thing i don't think that that was necessarily like the movie itself um it, it was like a little bit confusing at the end with all the different like like beats that were happening with each of the characters but um i, I don't know I, I was able to follow it along for the most part what about you danny i i mean i i didn't i maybe i just didn't pick up on on that i i was kind of during that scene with the dead i i was kind of into the whole like there's a bell going off over here he goes and looks and then and it like I, I literally was sitting in my bed just thinking, just turn and run the fuck out of there. Like, like <laughs> there's too many bells going off. Just like get get out of there. And like, so like I don't know if I picked up on the issues that Josh was because like the movie had me at that point. Like I was like in I was in it in the sense of like uh, dude, get the hell out of there. <laughs> like, yeah. And so that that's what I was focused on. And I, if, if there was like a, a tech issue or, or I, I didn't notice it. Yeah. You know, uh, Josh, I can see your, your daughter over there. And that's totally cool too, by the way. Uh, my kid and yeah. Danny's kid always kind of pop into the frame when we're doing these kinds she, of things. Uh, she didn't listen yeah. to don't unlock dad's door and come in. Oh. <laughs> She's trying to get me to go and put the TV on for her, but she... You know, she has a mom that's in there that can put it on for her. Oh. So I can well, I mean, like, focus on this. So. Yeah, well, as a, a dad of a, a little girl and stuff, and then also, Derek, you have children too, right? Like, yeah. weren't you guys just really worried about something happening to that girl? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, um, yeah. It, it was a... That's I think that's part of the reason why the the ending was, you know, that gut punch, you know, because yeah. I I really you know with the mother walking up to the window and just watching, and seeing that like I could not imagine. I I don't know what I would do, you know. Yeah. Like Derek, don't you think that that's like more effective to have her like a ghost outside of the window looking in? versus just like oh she's possessed and she's evil like isn't it much more effective to have her like watching this unfold yeah i mean i guess it just depends on how you want to uh execute that scene but yeah it could be uh, more effective that way uh for sure it just depends on i you know how you want to apply it yeah 
You know, um, it's funny. We were talking about my daughter uh, looking just like the girl. And like, I took her to uh, this, this restaurant in Austin today. And then all of a sudden she wanted to take a bunch of sugar packets home. And I was like, oh shit. You know? I was like, oh no. <laughs> so um, what do you go? I think we should like talk about that end scene because I think that it is like almost like a seven type ending. Obviously it's not on that level of seven, but some movies truly the end and how upsetting it can be. Um, that's what kind of defines the movie. And I think this is one of those movies where it's like very slow, but then once you get to the end, that's it. And so like, Danny, like, like, just tell me, man, cause I've been dying to hear what you thought of that ending in general. I mean, I, I think you, you kind of hit it and, and, and there's the, the added bonus, if, if we could call it that, um, the movie starts 1991. So uh, Beatrix, this happening 30 years later and you can kind of see now that 30 years from now that this is going to happen to Hannah. Right. So there's like the double gut punch of knowing that, you know, Beatrix is now watching the, the possess, you know, basically her body being used by Helen, uh, as like a vessel while, while her spirit lies outside watching and then the double gut punch of knowing that 30 years from now, this is probably going to happen to her daughter and there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. Cause pretty much everyone is, I mean, unless Jonas is still around in 30 years. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So yeah. It, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like seven or missed levels of right. Uh, like you know, I, I want the movie's over and now. I want to kill myself, but <laughs> it's definitely up there on the like, oh shit, that's a gloomy freaking ending list. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because like, you know, Jonas the. <laughs> I, just, I have to figure out a way to throw in that they had sex in a bog. I just have to throw that in there. Because, like, I'm sitting there watching it with my fucking mom, and she's like, bog sex. I'm like, oh, yep. Like, I, I'm like yep, they're having sex in a bog, mom. Yeah. Um, you know, right but, before that happened, it was so telegraphed, too. Like, it's, I know yeah. it, it feels like every time I say something, it's it almost turns negative about this movie, and I'm not intentionally doing that. But it that it was so telegraphed from the beginning of that scene that that was going to happen that they they're going to end up screwing somewhere. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I thought it was telegraphed from like the literal moment you meet Beatrix, where she's topless and she had just had like basically throwaway sex with like the music teacher at the school. We find out later. Yeah. And and I kind of feel like once you find out her backstory, like you kind of get that, like she's this lonely single mom who's incredibly attractive, but all the men in her town are like too scared to have a relationship with her. So she kind of has to get it where she can get it. And Jonas was like, they, they seemed compatible that first scene at the bar before he threw up. <laughs> like my first reaction was, "Ah, oh, dude, you blew it!" Like, right, right, right. 
Yeah. Well, I guess her options are pretty limited, like you said. You, you know, um, Derek, you said that you did some research, and I was wondering, did do you know which character she played in Blade Runner? Like, have you seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Yeah, I've seen it, but it's been so long. I didn't, you know, I didn't revisit that or anything. But it was, it was a from my research on that, uh, it was a small row. I did look at the name, but I don't have it written down or anything. But I you know, looked at her videography, uh, filmography on IMDb. But uh, yeah, I did see that she had a small row, a small little scene in Blade Runner. Uh, apparently, it was pretty good though. I did read some about it, but I didn't, you know, get to watch it or anything. Because, like, th for the replicants in Blade Runner 2049, there's just, there's basically, like, the one that's, like, hunting down Ryan Gosling, and then it's not her, obviously, and then there's this one that um, kind of, like, is born, like, is, like, activated by, um, what's his face, fucking Morbius, uh, Danny. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto, right, and then he, like, kills her, like, he, like, slices her open, right, I was thinking that maybe that was her. And then, and I know there's also some replicants that um, you see, like, that are kind of like prostitutes, like, in uh, L.A. at one point. And so I was like, which one is she? I was trying to remember, and I just didn't have time to look it up. But um, I, I would definitely watch another movie with her. And then the guy, Jonas, like I said, he was very charismatic. He was also in that movie, uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. That's that Luc Besson movie. But I never ended up watching that one. But um, I thought that they were great. I actually thought that the mom and dad were really good, too. You know, the dad was, I thought he was kind of like a quirky, fun dad and kind of sucked that he went out the way he did, too. But That scene, that first, the introduction scene with the dad, when uh, when he asks for, yeah, when they're talking about who made the, the soup that he was eating. Yeah. And they have that nice little back and forth moment. That right there made me fall in love with her in the role. Right. It was just just something about the way that she, the facial acting that she did in the movie was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was real good. I want to check out the director's other work too. Um, I just kind of, I think we kind of covered everything at this point. I wanted to hear what you guys had any like closing thoughts. Like, Derek, you got anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, yeah, I have uh, <clears throat> something that I, just kind of struck me was because the you know, mythology was kind of confusing. But something that threw me off at first, but I actually ended up liking it a lot, was it was, you know, it was all subtitled. And then Jonas comes on board and it's kind of half English and half subtitled. Right. And he, he was, I kind of felt like I was that character at that point because I was like, I didn't really know the, the mythology behind all of it. And the fact that he was kind of an outsider, you know, I kind of felt like that. So I feel like the director did a good job of kind of bringing that in. Uh, and I think that kind of helps ease into the mythology just because he, you know, he doesn't speak the language. And there's even some scenes where, like, the the dad's like, yeah, if, they, if one of your people will come out here and dig again, I'm going to basically kill him. And then she explains it a little nicer than, you know, how he did it. So it was, I just like that. That little part of it was really, I thought, really, really well played off. Yeah. Did they ever explain why those guys were doing the excavation in the first place? I feel like they never explained that. The woman was found. The if I remember straight, the the bagman had found that first body. Okay. But okay. they didn't they didn't like come out and say it. Say so it was like inside dialogue, I think. Okay. They, okay. That's how it came off to me was they were there because they were called in because these bodies were found and the bodies were like petrified women. So uh -huh. they came to study and find out what's going on, and then you find out that they're finding more and more and more. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. One thing that uh, 
Derek and Josh brought up what Josh mentioned the scene with the uh, Beatrix and the dad at the beginning that one of the things like just rewatching the first hour of the movie, like, again, I picked up so many like little things because the woman has a very com- um, uh, Beatrix has a very confrontational relationship with her mother throughout the movie. Yeah. And she's like much more on her father's side. And then you pretty much figure out why at the end, because yeah, duh. But also, uh, uh, what Derek said about, uh, Jonas speaking English and, um, the dialogue scenes between, uh, him and, uh, Beatrix where, you know, he's, you know, he, he doesn't want to reveal anything about like the science that they're talking about. I thought that that that's like a, a common theme in a lot of, uh, folk horror type movies where it's like the, uh, outsider kind of more sometimes very scientific types versus the uh the culture and the tradition of like the small town i got like a midsummer vibe from that where it's like you have these educated kids who want to go to sweden and learn all of the you know they just want to get write a great thesis and meanwhile like they don't understand the traditions of oh we're just going to let the old people walk off the side of this cliff face first onto a rock uh, yeah. and I, I got a lot and like, it, it was a little weird that like their, that, that conflict ended with them having bog sex, but yeah, it, you know, yes, you know, honestly, bog like there sex. is, yeah, bog sex and my, my last name is Marsh too. So it's like extra hot for me, but like, I was going to say that like, um, it's interesting because in all these folk horror movies, maybe with the exception of hereditary, because hereditary is not folk horror. I don't know why the fuck I even just brought that up. But it's same director as, um, you know. Yeah, Harry Aston. Yeah, yeah. But my, my point I'm trying to make is with folk horror, that seems to be an element where there is like a seduction too, where someone from the cult or like the mythology, the people that live in the area seduce an outsider, right? Because in the Wicker Man, like on your shirt, um, there's Britt Eklund who looks slamming in that movie and she's like dancing around trying to seduce the cop. And then um, in this, unwillingly, Beatrix is like seducing this outsider guy. It doesn't really, I don't think, play into the curse at all. Um, but there is that. And then, um, yeah, Midsommar too. So there is always that element of like kind of being seduced by this like sort of ancient evil or this thing that's like an ancient tradition. So that's an interesting point that you made there, Danny, too. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say as far as like this movie, Danny, or no? No. Uh- not really. I mean, I think we, we hit a lot of the points. Yeah. Nice, man. Okay. Well, cool. So like, well, we got a little bit of time left in our episode. I kind of want to just have like Derek and Josh just sort of tell us about what they're working on and like if people are interested in their stuff too. So like Derek, you are a filmmaker, right? Yeah. 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 And so um, what do you got out there that, you know, our viewers can go check out? Well, I don't, I've of course did a lot of short films. I did uh, a movie based off of a novel that Megan wrote, uh, Quiet Pretty Things. So that's out there. Uh, we did film that pretty, it was my first feature film. So I've got a lot of short films out there on my Vimeo account that you guys can probably check out. Um, pretty heavily involved in the Knoxville film community. So I do a lot of stuff at the Knoxville Film Festival uh, with contests and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, with the, the first feature film that we did about two years ago, um, Basically, we filmed it in about five days, so we filmed it pretty quick, pretty quick and, and gritty. So it's 
I feel like it's the, the old saying where the novel may be better than the movie. It might might apply here, but uh, yeah. but it's a, it's a great book. I'm sure uh, sure you guys you may have read it, but uh, but yeah, my current future projects. Uh, you, you know, I'm working on. I actually just got done with the Tennessee uh, Select Ten for the Knoxville Film Festival. We had 90 days to do a a 20 minute film, so I just completed that and had that turned in. Uh, but it, you know, that that was screened at the uh, Regal Cinemas in September in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, uh, but as far as future projects that I got upcoming, um, we're trying to get. Uh, there's a novel that Megan had just finished. It's called Blue Jay, and we're actually getting ready to try to film a concept trailer for it, and hopefully we can get it off the ground. So yeah. that's what I'm kind of looking at right now. There's yeah. also a werewolf. There's a werewolf novel that she's working on too, but I don't know which one we're gonna try to film first but uh, pretty much everything that I do she rocks she's an amazing writer so so I'm, I'm real fortunate to have her to help me with that for sure yeah uh, I was gonna say that you know I have really just gotten into horror like literature since COVID right and you know I've you know read a whole bunch of horror books in that time and I have interviewed a whole bunch of horror writers for this channel but your wife is like one of the best horror writers that I've seen like you know just from reading her work I was like oh my god this is fucking awesome um as far as what you make because you said that your stuff is pretty much based on what she writes is, mm -hmm. is that like your whole thing is you're a horror filmmaker or is some of your other stuff non-horror well I mean horror is obvious it's going to be my favorite genre but uh you know I, with these contests that I do a lot for these uh, like the Knoxville Film Festival, they may draw a genre for me, like for this one I'm about to do in a, in a few weeks. So I, I'm it's a seven day shootout. So I might draw comedy or musical, hopefully not musical, of course. <laughs> but if I did, uh, it's, it's gonna be kind of tough for her to write something. Like that. But I just, you know, I, I kind of collaborate with her and writing some stuff with, like that, but uh, usually just let her handle it. So yeah, it's it, it mostly is horror though. So it's kind of what, what I gravitate toward for sure. So. Who are some of your main influences as far as like filmmaking? Uh, filmmaking, uh, uh, George Romero, uh, Scorsese, early Spielberg. I mean, it's Sam Raimi, just all the, you know, usual people that people probably would mention. But uh, I'm also a big fan of uh, Argentino uh, horror. So demons demons one you know two i don't know if you guys have seen that but i like you know stuff like that i'm really big on older horror films as well you know 70s stuff yeah you're speaking danny's language over there i'm seeing a smile on his face you know <laughs> yeah i mean just look at his wall behind him <laughs> cool man so you know what i can do is um i can put a link if you just email me a link mm -hmm. to your stuff then if anyone's interested they can check it out right on the bottom of this video yeah. Okay. yeah, I'll do that. And, yeah. And then the, uh, you got another. Oh, go ahead. Um, Derek, Megan shared with us in the writing group a little short that you had done. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's at the it's the dispatcher one. Mm -hmm. What uh, yeah, that, is that, that one? Why? Yeah, that's really one that I can't I can't really share any details on that one yet. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, then maybe I don't know if you can cut that out then Pete. So No, it's okay. It's okay. I just can't <laughs> talk about it. I had had to have viewers that kind of give me some feedback you're part of the you're part of the testers. So Okay. Yeah. Well I mean that is, honestly, that is that is the one that's gonna screen on in September though. So it's it's the 
it's the one that we did you know we had 90 days to do it and stuff so it'll hopefully hopefully it's well received so i yeah. think it will be i think it will be <laughs> it was really good yeah i mean honestly if, if y'all are like working as a team and supporting each other i i think that like you guys are just like on the trajectory right now you know um one one of the um people that i interviewed recently was wiley young who's a horror writer and uh he and his wife actually just co-wrote a book together uh called dust bowl children and that that's going to be up on our channel pretty soon but just the two of them working together i really admired that i was like oh shit you know i, I wish that me and my wife could collaborate like that and um i'm just kind of eager to watch your stuff and you know and I, I like i said i think your wife is super talented too so you know i'm gonna check that out and then speaking of super talented, there's my fucking man who like, this is his year over here. Fucking Joshua. What can you tell us, sir? What can we divulge? Um, well, it's looking like a mid early to mid September release for my next book, the death house. Um, you've seen the cover for it. Um, and I post, I've shared it on Facebook, but it's not ready for like a full on, unveiling yet like with the synopsis and all of that um yeah it's it's a nasty well parts of it are nasty it's it's kind of intentionally a tropey book it's um it kind of goes back to you know like grindhouse era horror so it's it's a it's a fun book it's a fast-paced read Hopefully, you know, it'll it'll grab the readers and drag them along by the throat. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Yeah. So. And then what do you have out there right now that readers could check out, too? Like, if they are interested um, in Right now, my, well, my debut novel, The Best of Intentions, that came out one year ago this month. Um, oh, nice. Early next month, I want to say the 7th of August, I'll have a new short story out through Splatter Inc. Publishing in a collection called Cryptid Carnage. And that is, um, it's it's a Bigfoot story. So if you like Bigfoot, you know, you, you can check that out. It That has some nasty moments to it too, but that one's more character, character based. Then it doesn't, it doesn't rely solely on gore. It's uh, yeah. and I'd say it's got a nice little gut punch of an ending too. Yes. So, um, but those are the the next two things that are coming out is Pack Neck Ridge. That's the name of that short story in Cryptic Carnage. And that'll be out on August sixth or seventh. I'm pretty sure it's the seventh. And then the Death House, which will be in early September, unless something happens with during the editing process you know sometimes you know you got to push things back a couple weeks just to make sure that the product that's going out is what needs to be going out and i'm not gonna half-ass it so if i got to push it to october i'll push it to october but it is coming out before halloween this year nice so. man awesome yeah well i will also put all your stuff in the description too man and uh yeah, guys, Josh's work is fucking superb. And um, I think that, like, just if you're into horror, like, all the stuff that's on his wall right there and what's behind Danny, like, if you're from the same kind of generation as us, then Josh writes to you, man. So 
definitely think everyone should check out his work too. Danny, uh, you're on this channel called The Lassercast, right? Is there anything coming up for The Lassercast too or no? Nothing whatsoever. Oh, um, uh, well, Charlotte and I did a, we did a review of uh, Pennywise, the story of it, uh, it documentary that is streaming now on Screenbox uh, and available to rent and buy on VOD. You and I did a hour long uh, deep dive review of Nope, which I thought went pretty well. Uh, and if you've seen that movie and you uh, want to hear what two guys with beards think about it, you could check that out. Uh, <laughs> you have, like you mentioned, you've just been on a, a steamrolling path of interviewing horror writers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, there, there's many of them up on the channel. Uh, Michael Moresi, Laurel Hightower, just to name a few uh, recent ones. So, yeah, uh, if you're into that, uh, then, yeah, we have a bunch of cool videos up on the channel. Yes. So like and subscribe. Otherwise, we're going to come to your house and make you slit your own th throat vertically. But, uh, yeah, the, the interviews are – I got Wiley Young and his wife. That's going to be coming out this week. And then after that, I interviewed Danger Slater yesterday. He has a book out called Moonfellows. Uh, which was just published by uh, Max Booth III's uh, publishing company. So uh, I think I have a pen from them right here. Oh, uh, that'll drop some shit. Anyway, um, I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. I hope that you guys had fun for this first time around. Was it okay? Was yeah. It awesome. awesome, awesome. You guys ever want to come back on? We'd love to have you on. We can talk about another movie that comes out or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I guess until then, we'll see you guys all next time. All right, thanks. Yeah. Thank you.